Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, trailblazer and growth architect. We have a great conversation lined up for you today with someone who is going to coach us on how to increase the effectiveness of our videos, especially in the B2B space. I can't wait for you to meet my new friend, Guy Bauer. Today's episode is brought to you by Convergo, a team helping entrepreneurial companies develop and implement revenue growth strategies. If you want to accelerate your growth while building processes that allow growth to be sustainable, you'll want to meet the team at Convergo. Just go to www.convergo.co to learn how other entrepreneurial companies are growing faster. Well, our guest today is Guy Bauer. Guy is the founder and creative director of Umalt, an agency that makes wildly creative B2B marketing campaigns videos that people actually want to watch. Guy's been making commercial videos for over 20 years and is the author of the book, Death to the Corporate Video. Death to the Corporate Video. I love it. He's going to coach us on how to simplify complex B2B sales messages on video. We're also going to talk about some of the biggest mistakes that B2B marketers are making when it comes to video. So without further ado, Let's welcome Guy Bauer to the Revenue Growth Podcast. What's going on, Guy? Hey, Daryl. How are you doing? Sweet goatee. <laughs> Thank you. It is, as we're recording this, the beginning, and I stress the beginning of No Shave November. So we'll <laughs> tune in in a couple of weeks to see how this goes. I'm, I'm not super confident, but Guy, maybe there's some video filter that could overlay and finally give me the uh, full beard and mustache I've been dreaming of. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. <laughs> we're here to talk about engaging B2B video. And uh, I love this. So I think con- death to the corporate video. I couldn't agree more. I mean, what's what what's what's what makes these videos so terrible? Yeah, I mean, and and my definition of corporate video, I mean, is any video that just stinks. Corporate video is just a nice way that we've said it's just a crappy video. It's just a mm-hmm. video that uh, doesn't entertain and just uh, kind of is two minutes of, uh, you know, feels good to make, I guess, saying that everything that you have wanted to say about your company, but no one is actually watching it. Right. Um, corporate video is mainly made out of a desire to... Uh, make a completely de-risked, take no chances and just make a thing that is assured to not ruffle any feathers and just kind of check all the boxes that we made a video. Mm. And that's usually the root of all corporate video. But corporate videos like, you know, event videos where people are eating popcorn shrimp and yeah that rubber chicken and the cold hors d'oeuvres. Yes. Yeah. It's like an executive, (laughs) a CEO, like 
like uh, with deer in the headlights, sweating. <laughs> like, we have for you know, like robust <laughs> services. Um, right. And it's people walking through server rooms. That shot of the Tokyo intersection with people crossing it. <laughs> it's all these things that you've seen ad nauseum. Oh, and the no music in the background, right? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, right. The corporate. It's even. It's even in the stock audio files, right? Corporate electronic music, corporate energetic music. So uh, that's hilarious. I love it. I love it. And so why, why is this, why does the, I have a sneaking suspicion what the answer to this is, but why, why do these videos get mocked so endlessly and totally disregarded by prospects and buyers? And I don't even think they get mocked, actually. I think they really just- Well, are, they do here like, on the Revenue right. Growth Podcast. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, and they do here too. Um, but I think really mostly they're just white noise. They're just nothing. Um, and the reason being is that they 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 try to say everything. Mm -hmm. uh, in one video, we want to say why uh, our, talk about our founding story and talk about how we're family owned and and uh, we're like a family here. Uh, we want to tell about our story. We want to also ha have people climbing a mountain and going on a journey mm -hmm. and showing the customer as the hero, but then also we're the hero. A corporate video is like a hodgepodge of just every everything. That's what it is, really. It's let's instead of making a, a series of videos throughout the buyer's journey, let's just make one. Mm -hmm. Um, and my little, uh, metaphor or analogy is that, um, so if you think about the sales process as early stage buyers need to be inspired, mm -hmm. they need to, um, uh, envision what the future can be like. Um, if you think about the inspiring piece of content, that's like your rock star. It doesn't have, it, it just needs to shout out loud and get awareness and inspire. So think of a long haired rock star. Late stage buyers need to be reassured. Mm -hmm. They need to they need to know that this thing is going to work. They don't need to be inspired now. They want to. They're about to cut a check. So think of the uh, reassure video as the short haired business person. So you got the inspirational step, early stage buyer, long hair, rock star. Late right. stage buyer is short hair. What brands want to do is they want to combine these two into one and what they end up making is a mullet video where you've got <laughs> short hair in the front long hair in the back i love it they try to make all-purpose videos and that is the impetus behind what ends up being a corporate video it's trying to inspire and read it's trying to talk to every person in every point of the sales cycle all at once and it ends up talking to nobody I, I love it. I love it. Obviously, uh, it's been uh, probably about 35 years since I was able, I would, I'd be able to shoot the corporate mullet video. Uh, so I was a child of the 80s. Um, and I definitely am probably getting cast for the reassure video, not the inspirational rock star video, given uh, my current situation. But I think this is a really interesting concept for for people to think about is different, there's different questions, there's different content, there's different message and even different vibe at the various stages of that buyer's journey. And so I love this, this idea of saying, let's cast videos with the right mood, the right vibe for, 
for the buyer's buyer's journey. Um, so how do you, how do you simplify? So I, I know in sales leaders, marketing professionals, especially business owners, um, you know, we have this heart to just like communicate, communicate, commu we want to tell everyone everything. Um, and then it gets, and not only that, you layer in the products and services and the portfolio of products and services that we have. And by the time we've told everyone everything, um, first of all, the video is long. What's yeah. the ideal length for a corporate video? Well, um, so <laughs> I'll say let's strike corporate, the ideal length yes. of a video. B2B ad. video. Sorry, B2B we just strike that for the yeah. record, corporate video. <laughs> no, seriously, though, what yeah. is what what should where when I, I'm going to ask it a little bit differently because yeah. I know everyone's got different opinions on this. When does it start getting too long um, in terms of of for most B2B video? And the answer is sooner than you think. Mm -hmm. uh, our we run ads for our agency all the time. It's kind of our way to experiment on ourselves and see mm -hmm. what works. Our top performing ad of all time, and I don't even think it's that great, uh, is around 17 seconds. And it just destroys every other ad we've ever run. Um, and that's an awareness ad, though. Mm -hmm. So um, what I would say is your awareness ads that you run on LinkedIn, the ones that are totally like talking to a cold audience need to be short and absolutely sweet. And you should be thinking of awareness as not answering any questions, just inspiring questions, actually. Make mm -hmm. inspiring curiosity in your prospect. Like, how can you do that? Let me click this button. Like, I want to see what this is all about. There's questions to be answered. Because you're playing a game, you're triaging, or not triaging, you're arbitraging attention. Mm. Cold buyers, cold audience, they're not going to give you much attention. You haven't earned it. So you got to get to it very quick. As they click onto your owned property, maybe a landing page on a website, they're saying with their click, I'm willing to give you a little bit more attention. That consideration video should be under a minute for sure, but you've earned a little bit more attention. Now, if they go into a product detail page or some kind of order page or like, you know, pre-conversion kind of thing, and they're, and they're asking for even more information, now you, you have to bring the goods, actually. So right. if you were to show them another pithy 15-second spot, that's not going to reassure them. So now you can do product demos and stuff. The other thing is money spent on video ads should go down as they move down the funnel. So your awareness spot, that should be polished, that should be bright, shiny, and it should be perfect. And then the consideration, you can spend a little less money and the decision, the stuff that's deep on your website close to a conversion, that should actually be done by your own people in a very like, you know, StreamYard or Riverside or, you know, some kind of screencasting mm -hmm. um, uh, thing because the thing to keep in mind is the medium is always the message. So as you get closer to a conversion, people want to know. Well, tell me, like, who, is this fly by night? I want to see what they look like and and that kind of stuff. I love it. That's that is a really interesting answer, and I think the the theme emerging here is is looking at the at the whole buyer's journey, as we say in Revenue Growth Engine. You know that whole experience from ideal prospect to ideal client. And I, I love the idea of as the deeper you get into it, the more um, the more authentic, the more uh, raw, the mm -hmm. more 
just real people talking to real people um, that can be. And I think that's that's really, really, uh, really powerful. How do you simplify the message? You know, this is you've got um, we're talking short, short videos at the very beginning. And even even as you get deep into the sales cycle, you don't have a you're not going to run a 60 minute video to explain every detail of your product or service is sweet. So, and, and when you do, you end up complicating things. So how do you simplify the message in the B2B space? Uh, the TLDR answer is put your message into one sentence with no commas and no bullet points. That's, that's the end goal actually is to get it into one sentence. And it's an exercise in, in boiling down maple syrup, you know, maple mm, syrup. You're talking my language is, is just sap. It's watery. It's yep. a, almost water and it has to be boiled and boiled and boiled. The thing that's hard about B2B is this, is that, you know, when you're in consumer, it's, um, you know, we sell this, this is a drink and you, you know, you, you can have a drink and it's like <laughs> right. all B2B marketers wish we were like right. selling shoes. Thirsty. And like, right. Yeah, Obey like, your thirst. Right. <laughs> it's so like, it seems easy. Right. Right. Um, whereas if you're doing some kind of AI cloud infrastructure thing, it seems just so much com more complex, but it's actually not. Um, the reason why it's more complex is because usually in B2B organizations, the engineers, like the product team rules the marketing, mm -hmm. um, and they will oversee the marketing. And so they spent the past 18 months working on this thing. So you will list every bullet point that this thing, because this <laughs> thing is sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, the point is, is that's while it's sweet and it's a cool product, that's actually not what it does though. So what you need to do here's the little hack I have is think about your prospects problems and write them down. Like what are their problems? Not what your product does. What are your prospects problems? And just write them down. So if it's like cybersecurity, it could be, you know, governance. I'm worried about hacks. Uh, I'm worried about, you know, our, uh, our infrastructure is dated, yada, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then what you do is you pick out, the main problem that they have, the one that keeps them up at night out of all the list you just made, what's just one problem that if they could solve this one problem, their life would be instantaneously flipped. So you take that one problem. So let's say for the cybersecurity answer, it's, uh, you know, our infrastructure is a mess and I'm not sure how to fix it and just invert that. And there's your core message. We fix messy cybersecurity infrastructure and, uh, you know, and we'll guide you every step of the way. And there you mm -hmm. go. And that's your one statement. And then that's what all of your marketing should focus on. And, and for awareness, it should really just focus on your customer's problem. Let them know about it for consideration. You're still leaning on their problem, but then introducing some reasons to believe some reasons why you're so great. And then for the decision, for the in-depth stuff, you can do a 60 minute, let your product people add it, let them have at it <laughs> and go crazy with the features yeah. and benefits. But no one's buying, you know, this is classic marketing, but no one's buying what your product does. They're buying what it does for them. That's uh, right. So that's how you can kind of simplify because even the most complex 
the most complex products really only do one thing for your client. And you, what you have to do is get to what that one thing is. I love it. And uh, first of all, just tip of the hat to the maple syrup analogies. You know the path to my heart. We talk about maple syrup a lot in that, the Revenue Growth Engine book. But you know this this concept of, of looking at this and, and going, how do we boil this message down to one thing? I'm just... I'm thinking about even later this afternoon after this recording, I get to work with some startup companies and and great startup SaaS company. Um, and this is the struggle, right? There's so many different things and every, they've put so much time and effort yeah. into, into this that they want to just go, yeah, and it does this and it does this and it does this. And at some point it's, you know, you got so focused on the product, you forgot about the problem. Yep. It becomes a, an effort in self-congratulation rather than an effort to connect with the actual um, challenges or goals that the, uh, that your prospect has. And then you just, then you just come off as irrelevant or worst case kind of arrogant and narcissistic. And, and I think what you do too, is you just confuse the, the, here's how I get buy-in from our clients to go simple is uh, look up the competition. And I guarantee you, if you were to look up your direct competitors, they are listing out features and benefits. Mm -hmm. So if you were to list out features and, and, and by default, every company doesn't tell the truth. So like every company is somehow the best on their website while simultaneously being the worst on other people's websites. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I know about quantum mechanics that two things can exist <laughs> or whatever, but like, you know, this is all BS. Right. So like no one right. on their own property will tell the truth. So if that's the thing, it's like ceteris paribus, like if all things are equal, like if everyone is listing out their features and benefits, like you have to understand that your your prospect is going to each one of these websites. And so by reading 20 to 30 bullets on each website, your, pro mm -hmm. your prospect is not going to remember. They're not parsing. One of the big mistakes B2B marketers make is they assume that people are paying attention. It's I call this the, the hubris of attention assumption. Mm -hmm. It's like nobody is watching and no one is reading your entire website. In fact, they're reading just the first four words, if that. Uh, no one is watching your two and a half minute video. They're watching about 14 seconds of it. And no, no one cares as much as you do. So why would you pile all this information on them? Just do one thing. And I'll give you one other metaphor slash analogy. I love the song Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. I love it. My kids love it. I've seen the music video a million times. He played the Super Bowl. I've heard it ad nauseum. And all I know from the song, I've heard it a hundred times and I love it. And we dance upstairs with my kids. And all I know is the chorus. Ooh, I'm blinded by the lights. No, I can't see missing no more. Hey, <laughs> I'm a single And that's all you need to know. That's all I know. Right. Most listen. Now, that's the weekend. He has unlimited distribution. He played mm -hmm. the Super Bowl. And the best I know is the chorus. Now, what are the odds that your prospects, who you haven't played the Super Bowl, your website isn't out there all that, what are, they what are the odds that they're going to remember your entire sales sheet? 
They're not. They're just going to remember the equivalent of the chorus. And that's your one thing. So just focus all your energy on just one thing, because that's all you have the chance for them to remember. That's great. I'm having City Slickers flashbacks in the movie where Curly goes, you got to know the one thing, right? This is this is really, really powerful. I think it's interesting that you say that uh, that B2B video, um, we should put more effort and more budget towards the ideas rather than the production. That seems a little bit counterintuitive uh, compared to how most companies look at this. Why do you think people should focus more on the ideas and the actual production itself? So if you think about it, um, uh, Video is just the medium for idea transmission. That's all mm -hmm. it is. Um, and so think of, I'm going to run two different scenarios by you. In scenario one, I'm going to hire Steven Spielberg and I'm going to hire Roger Deakins, the best DP. I'm going to hire a Hollywood crew and spend $10 million shooting a script that was written in 10 minutes by some just person either inside <laughs> the organization or a, a you know, fifth just, grader. Yeah. Whatever, <laughs> That's right. That is very corporate. Like, okay. Know, uh, in today's world, <laughs> businesses are under more disruption than ever. Okay. So you can like, do a great corporate voiceover. That was, that was beautiful yeah. guy. Lame script shot exquisitely well. Right now, opposite scenario is I, we're going to take, uh, two months to dial this in this script in with the creatives uh with creatives that actually like put heart and meaning into it and synthesize mm -hmm. and boil it down and write a beautiful script that makes you want to cry or like is just hilarious and we're going to film it on an iphone which one do you think will perform better well i think it's the iphone it so most people make the mistake of doing a high fidelity recording, mm -hmm. i.e. spending a lot of money on the production of a low fidelity script. You should actually invert that. You should have a low fidelity recording of a high fidelity idea. Another way to think about this is the moon landing. So the moon landing is technically crap. Uh, the it's in black and white. It's off kilter. Uh, it's fuzzy. It's grainy. Um, there's like, it's terrible production value. Right. Yet you'll never forget it because no. it's not how you make it. It's what you're, what you're looking at. It's the, it's the medium. It like, it's the, the idea that is transmitted through video. It's not the video itself. Now in an ideal world, you'll have a lot of money for production and a lot of money for ideas. But if you have to sacrifice somewhere, I would pay for a script over paying for someone to shoot it professionally. And sorry, I'm, I'm rambling here, but uh, we actually have proof. Our best performing organic ad this year was something I shot on my iPhone with my two kids in the front yard. But it was a script that was well-crafted. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And I think it's not just the money. I think it's also the time, right? So, so many, so often we want to get something out. We want to get, let's do a video, let's do a video, let's do a video, you know, and, and then you just, yeah, you end up with the, uh, the corporate voiceover dude with the same, I mean, you could just, 
it's the same thing with different different company names put mm-hmm. into it. I, I really, it's like the uh, it's like the guy that does all the trailers. You know, there's the guy that does all those incredible trailers. It feels like there's there's someone in a room somewhere shooting all those corporate voiceovers for the corporate videos, right? It's all one one guy and one woman, and uh, they all sound the same. It's actually quite funny. You're exactly right. And it's and and it's very easy to write these things. And the reason why it's easy to write these things and it's easy to fall into the strap is because it's all around you. Yeah. We've done competitive analysis uh, with our clients before where we'll look at two of their competitors and the two competitors have not only the same shots in their videos, but almost <laughs> the same script. And I'm like, well, this is like literally they are just can't they're white noising each other they're just canceling each other out so all we have to do is just be different and we win (laughs) but it takes a lot of guts in a world of cyber threats (laughs) (laughs) they just lean up really close to the microphone for that hey i i'm curious as we're as we're wrapping up you know we're recording this here it's the fourth quarter we're looking into 2022 i know a lot of people are thinking about um budgets and their plans for for the upcoming year what would you recommend people think about when it comes to planning for video? Like if you, if you could say to a B2B type client, what that's thinking about their plans for next year, what do you think should be in that plan? I think the real simple answer is think of awareness, consideration, decision, and just make one thing for each spot. Um, one for awareness, one for consideration, one for decision. And instead of the little budgeting hack we do when we make our own spots is batch everything. So instead of doing three different productions and, you know, spending money on each different production day and whatever, just do them all at once. Mm -hmm. And, and, And we've done things where we've done five spots in a day in one house using the same talent. And we use them, we release them, drip them out across the rest of the year. Some stuff is on our site permanently. So think of three spots in your um, customer journey where either um, you customers are falling off or mm-hmm. you can use some help and uh, make one for each and then make them on one day or like write all three scripts at the same time or ideally call us, we'll do, do it for mm-hmm. you. But um Focus on the writing of the scripts before you call a video production company. When you, if you wanted to build a custom house, your first call wouldn't be to a carpenter. Right. Because the first, the, so the video production company is the carpenter. They are the ones that can put it together, but they need a plan. And so if you call a carpenter and say, I want a house, most likely what you're going to get is a, malformed house or or very basic house. <laughs> going to get a 10 by 10 shed, right? <laughs> yeah, not to put carpenters down. Yeah. But uh if you your real first step is to an architect. The I architect will ask you questions like so are you indoor people, outdoor people? What kind of, you know, do you like light, don't like light? They're going to ask you questions that have nothing to do with do you want two by fours or five by seven? Like whatever, like, you know, do you want anodized aluminum in your plumbing? Whatever. <laughs> like they're not going to ask you the question. They're going to ask you more strategic questions. And that's what you have to start with first. Go and make your blueprints. And then if you must bring it, if you, 
outside for production, make sure you hand that production company your blueprints, or you can come to an agency like us. We'll draft the blueprints and do the production. I love it. I love it. Guy, this has been extremely helpful today. I just, on behalf of the whole Revenue Growth Podcast audience, I just want to say a huge thank you. We'll put your link and Umalt's link in the show notes. I think this has been extremely, extremely helpful. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Daryl. You got it. And thank you to everybody in the Revenue Growth Podcast audience. Thank you to everyone who's sharing this podcast um, and subscribing as well. If you're listening on YouTube, just hit subscribe. And thank you for sharing this on social channels. We're getting the word out as we're working together. We've been saying all year, we've got to get it done in 2021. And uh, a huge hats off to everybody out there in sales, in marketing, who's driving right here in the fourth quarter to make sure we finish this year strong. As always, my commitment at the Revenue Growth Podcast is to, to continue to bring you ideas, strategies, and thought leaders that are going to help you accelerate your growth. So I'll see you back here next week. We've got a great lineup of guests coming this fall and winter. And until next time, let's get going and let's get growing. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.